Hello! Welcome to Intellicast. This is Season 4, Episode 19. I'm sitting here staring at producer Brian Peterson. Hello! Hello! I know. This is the first time in several year. months. Yeah. A long time that we've been in the same locale recording this. This is a little weird, honestly, but um, thanks for listening. This is Intellicast. You can reach us at intellicast.emi-rs.com. Follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, or Intellicast1. Like and share. We would love if you did any of those things. Yep. There's a podcast awards thing going on through like Little Bird Marketing and Green Book. Yes. And so the Market Research Podcast Awards. Yeah, go out and vote there as well. What, what should we talk about? I don't even know what to do now. What do we do now? Do we talk about current events? Oh, I think so. <laughs> I think we have. Let's start off with one announcement here. Yeah. I don't have on our list. Yeah. Is that we are now part of C Suite Radio. That's right. You announced that yesterday, C Suite Radio. Yes. Well, tell the listeners that. Likely haven't heard of that before. Right. So C-Suite Radio is part of the C-Suite Network, and it is one of the largest B2B podcast networks out there. They also have books um, and also have a TV channel as well. I forget where they said it plays, but lots of different areas it plays on as well. So, And we have moved the podcast over and are now part of this overall network. That is fat. That is growing fast. Their goal was to grow, I think, fifty to sixty percent in terms of number of podcasts on the network this year. So we're we hit, we're in one of those. We had um, a gentleman on from C Suite Radio on the podcast. That's Jeffrey Hazlett. Yes, he's a big deal, and yeah, we're getting a lot of an analytics out of this that we didn't really have before. Because I don't know, analytics with the podcast is so weird because it's on so many different platforms and they're all. It's not really comparing apples to apples when I look at it. At least there's SoundCloud and there's Apple and there's downloads and listens and there's all kinds of weird stuff. But this kind of, I don't know, centralizes it a little bit. Yeah, it does centralize it. It gives it gives us and on our side some more robust insights on who's listening, where are they listening from, what are they, what, how they're listening, that kind of thing. So, which is really cool. Yeah, and you showed us yesterday. You showed the company that. On our website, there's a, I guess, a better, more, better embedded player. player. Yes, yeah. it is much better. So if you do want to visit our website, emi-rs.com, go ahead and click on Intelcast. You will see that new embedded player from Megaphone, um, and you can go back and listen to any one of our episodes on there. Yeah, please do. A recent one on diversity was awesome. With yeah. Angelica Jump on our team. Um, awesome. That's a good update. And then another update, we're back in the office. Yeah. Unofficially this week for us, but yeah. kind of starting after Memorial Day. Yeah, after Memorial Day, we're doing a hybrid system like a lot of companies. Everybody is picking two days a week to come in. We're limiting the amount of people. Um, we saw, I think, only one person I'm aware of hasn't been vaccinated. So everybody's been vaccinated um, pretty much, and um, we have good social distancing. But we're pretty excited. I'm excited to come back two days a week, two or three days a week. Some people are less excited, especially people that live like an hour away or so. I know um, you were looking at me at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I live 10 minutes away, so it's easier. And, and man, it is, there's what, 10 people here or so today? I Well, we had three other people walk in just before we sat down to record this. So we're close to our kind of limit. And a dog. And it's it reminds me, this is louder than pre-COVID. I think it's because people are not used to being around other people. This is the closest to pre-COVID the office has been since last March. Yeah. Like people are meeting today that had have worked at EMI for 
over a year had never met in person. Yeah. Multiple people. Yeah. First time intern Emma, which we could have another announcement about that too. Intern yeah. Emma, who's worked here a couple of years. No longer going to be intern as of June 7th. No longer going to be an intern. So we get a full-time, I don't, we have to have a new name. Full-time Emma. I don't know what that is. Marketing specialist Emma. Marketing specialist Emma on your team. So that's awesome. She does a great job. I got it. Associate producer Emma. Associate producer Emma, who's produced a couple podcasts. She did a great job. She has not been in this office since early March of last year, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah, when we all got sent home, it was literally she it wasn't her day to be in here and then we kind of sent everyone home, so I had to have her come in and get her stuff cuz who knew, we didn't know then when we would be back. By the, by the way, is there a vacuum cleaner going? <laughs> it sounds like it, I'm guessing, and if we apologize to the listeners, <laughs> apparently not being in the office for many, many months has caused the air conditioner to break, so they're working on it. We're not sure what the vacuum is needed for, though. Oh, back in the office, man. It's crazy hearing people talk and background noise and side conversations, and it's weird. Yeah. And then other current events, you want to lead through that? Yeah, uh, we have a webinar coming up uh, as we record this tomorrow. That is Wednesday, May 26th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it is data quality and the research process, ensuring insights integrity. You are going to be hosting that with Jason Enderhees and Mary Draper. Yeah, it should be good. We'll have a unique perspective. This is a lot of brand new stuff. I don't. I think every slide is brand new in the whole deck, which is weird for us. Yeah. We're going to be going through some research on research data where we had about 12,000 respondents. So we asked 19 different questions. So we're going to kind of summarize that and offer some advice and best practices. Then we're going to kind of go through how we think about data quality. And I think it's pretty unique because um, of our, just the way we, we're unbiased. We don't have our own panel. So we think about it a little bit differently. And so excited to go through that. And it'll be great to see Jason and Mary and you and go through this webinar tomorrow. Yeah. I think it will be. So if it's after Wednesday, you can still get it on our website, right? Yeah. If you aren't able to join us live, if you do sign up, whether you listen to this after Wednesday or not, uh, you can't get the recording. It'll be on demand after we do it on Wednesday. Cool. And one other announcement. I'm really excited about this one. So you put this on here. SampleCon. Yeah. It seems like they gambled and they won. I'm so happy for SampleCon. I could not be happier. Yeah, so SampleCon is live and in person. I think I'm sure they'll do a hybrid approach. July 12th through 14th in Pasadena, California. If you're like me, I am itching. I could I if there was a way to get to a conference today, I would do it. I just want to see my old friends and peers and sit in a conference room and watch a PowerPoint presentation and see some witty banter on somebody on stage and talk about sample quality and Sam, um, SampleCon, to their credit, man, when they picked this date, it was probably a different world, I don't know, nine months ago, six months yeah. ago? It was about six, seven months ago when they were talking yeah. like Christmas, January, where yeah. stuff wasn't looking too great. And they were going to California, which is... Which was still under <laughs> lockdown when they announced yeah. that. So, I mean, it's happening, people. So if you want to go to a conference in person, SampleCon, July 12th through 14th. And if you go to their website, they talk a lot about safety, which obviously they'll do that. Mm -hmm. um, if you're vaccinated, that there might be easier on you, I would assume. Uh, there's a call for speakers. You can register. And, you know, we were on the board of SampleCon for a couple of years, and we we're friends with everybody on the board there. 
I'm so happy. I bet they're really happy, but also probably creates a lot of challenges, right? You're not just planning a conference and kind of last minute in some ways, and you have all these health protocols, and you're in yeah. California, a new location. That's crazy. Yeah, knowing when you're planning it that you may have to kind of pitch everything and pivot to something else because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. But kind of what I said, they gambled on this back in December, January. Yeah. And looks like they hit it big because I remember talking to you about this when they yeah. announced it. They're like, are you sure about this? Because yeah. uh, California's still under lockdown at this point. And yeah. like, this is when they were hitting some of their record numbers, I think. Yeah, and some conferences that were later this year have already moved to next year. Right. Um, IEX did that. I think Quirks will be in person. They are in person. They are doing September, yeah, October, no, October, November, and December. Yes. So those are at least the in-person conferences we're aware of. I think the market research event, I don't know if they've announced what they're doing yet um, in terms of in-person. I've seen some. I think it's hybrid, but don't hold me yeah. to that. I would think everybody's ready to go get in person. I'm ready to do it. And I'm the type of person, I only <laughs> like to travel a few times a year. But uh, yeah, I would do it. It's that pendulum. I I expect these ones to be some of the most well-attended ones. Yeah. And then maybe like 2023, we're going to, the pendulum's going to swing back to kind of normal attendance levels. Yeah. So yeah, again, happy for our friends at SampleCon. And we we probably will not be attending in person, (laughs) um, but you know, there's still a possibility if we can maybe pull some strings. It's in our budget, so you never know. And then one other thing about SampleCon, right? Yeah. So with the crisis kind of going on in India, this came out. This started a couple weeks ago when all of the news reports were coming out that like the hospitals in India were like out of oxygen. Yeah. Like real bad. Um, SampleCon came came out with a new initiative called the Heart of Insights India Initiative, where they were doing a fundraiser to buy. I think it was oxygen compressors, oxygen concentrators, whatever that is. But so essentially, yeah. what would put them in the tanks for yeah. the hospitals? Yeah, yeah. So we contributed, and it was—it's one of those things. It's really cool. I get a call from Rachel at like five thirty on a Wednesday, and she's like, "We're doing this. Are you in?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're in." I text you like, "We have budget for this." It's like, "Yeah, we'll make it work, right?" Yeah. This thing—that's how this thing happened. Like. I think most people know that a lot of market research operations and even beyond operations is in India. And so we have a lot of, almost everybody has coworkers and partners and clients and people behind the scenes in India. They're a huge support system for our entire industry. And what they were going through was just, I mean, and still not great. Um, a lot of challenges. So we were happy and a lot of companies stepped up. Um, I will mention some of them, but you know, the Canadian Research Insights Council, SMR, Insights Association, Wire, Bain & Company, Scent, Dig Insights, Dynata. Um, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Ipsos, JD Power, Lucid, of course, um, Paradigm, Protege, Schlesinger, Think Now. I didn't even mention all of them. No, you, that's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, so pretty much everybody has stepped up. There's still time to donate um, to help out. Um, I'm sure this money would be going to good use. So I would encourage people to go to the SampleCon website. That's where you can find more information about it or through their social. But it's the Heart of Insights India Initiative fundraiser, and it's for 57 oxygen concentrators in India. They're trying to raise $50,000. I think they were pretty close. Yeah, I think they raised their goal initially because they hit their first goal and then like, oh, we'll do more then. 
Um, and we'll put a link to it in our show notes. So Perfect. if you want to get there and help out. But just strong leadership. And that's that's what I love about SampleCon is leadership. Um, you know, they're not just a conference once a year. They did a lot of webinars last year, did happy hours. They were leading in that area, and they're leading in this area, too, to help out our friends in India. So awesome. Yeah. Should we jump into some market research news now? Yeah, not, not a ton of news, but a little bit. Right. Some of these people are going to listen, like, didn't this happen a couple weeks ago? Yeah, they did. We haven't done, we haven't done a news episode in a while. Yeah. Um, so first up, Jay, friend of the podcast, Jamin Brazil and Bill Bloom have partnered to integrate their platforms Hub UX and Fast Focus, creating a DIY platform that says will deliver fast quality consumer insights. Yeah, really cool stuff. I mean, Jamin is just so innovative. He's done so much. And so whatever he does, I'm intrigued by. Um, automates qual workflows across software solutions and panel providers. Um, fully automated respondent recruiting solution, including a scheduler for virtual interviews. Sounds really cool. So nice to see these. I mean, I bet in the past year, I primarily think about quant innovation due to COVID and all the things that we've done. Qual has probably gone exponentially, right? Right. They've probably gone nuts with all the innovation and new experiences, both for the researcher side and the and the respondent side. So this is well, really cool. Think about like grocery stores and things like that. Yeah, you had Kroger kind of doing grocery pickup and testing grocery delivery right when this started. Look at the innovations now. If every grocery store chain, yeah, heck, even every almost retail chain has some sort of delivery and pickup. Yeah. Look how fast they had to have. Yeah. innovate quickly that's the same thing with qual here because yeah. you had to you went from something that natively has to be people in person in yeah. person yeah. with each other to an environment where that can't happen anymore so right. how do you continue to work yeah so excited to see what happens here there's a closed beta july 1st and a public beta in august sounds really cool so good job for those guys yeah on our next story SMR is teaming up with Confirmant and NewMR, as well as 20 other organizations, and are launching a new wave of its survey of buyers and users of insights. Uh, the study is measuring how usage and purchasing pat- patterns have evolved. Yeah. I find this super interesting because I want to. I kind of want to see how it's changed. We know, I know we've seen yeah. anecdotally it kind of fluctuating over the last 18 months or so. Yep. Like I want to see. Is that is that fluctuation still happening? Yeah, so they did the first one, I guess, September 2020, and this is wave two. You can still take part of it. And so hopefully we can provide the link to take part of the survey um, about how we kind of evolve out of the pandemic into whatever this new environment society we live in, which right now is literally like a hybrid, right? Yep. Um, as we emerge from this, hopefully, cross your fingers, knock on wood, that this is the end. Um, looking good so far, but um, good job for SMR leading in this to get perceptions of buyers and, and researchers to see how this is going to shake out. Yeah. Our next story, new analysis from polling firm Data for Progress has found that liberal voters in the U.S. are disproportionately opting into polls while white conservatives are opting out, leading to an overrepresentation of liberals in polling data. I thought you would find this yeah. super interesting. It's cool, and I would love to have some pollsters on. We should, we should honestly have, and I say this jokingly all yeah. the time, but we should have Adam Dietrich on. I, yeah. I read this story and almost sent it to him. 
Yeah, well, I'm sure he's seen it. Oh, I'm sure he did. That's why I didn't send it to him. He's so passionate about this, and he obviously um, had a podcast with us and worked with us for a long time, and this is a a passion of his. But, yeah, I think when you have a president yelling about news organizations and fake polls for four years, and there was already a distrust of the media and other parts of society by conservatives, certainly that nothing that happened during the Trump administration and probably since the Trump administration is helping things. So yes, that's a challenge. Um, I know that, you know, the Zogbies, we've had them on, they've talked about this at length and we could have Jeremy on. I'm sure we could call him right now and he he would have a perspective that could bring it back to like Greece or something, right? He would bring historical context to it because he's amazing. Um, But in my opinion, yeah, of course this is happening. And so it's going to, Who's going to emerge and either balancing the data or weighting the data or putting context around the data? Because um, I, I think I don't think this is a short term thing. This might be so, a longer term issue for pollsters. So you brought that up yeah. as also part of this announcement. Uh, data for Progress set up a new weighting scheme yeah. based on zip codes and geography, which combines characteristics of respondents with those of their local geography. And they found, quote, in fact, retroactively applying these weights to our 2020 pre-election surveys, we see our new weighting techniques would have significantly decreased polling error. Yeah, that's well, that's that's one of the advantages we have now. Yeah, we had a million polls for a giant election in the U.S. And now we can kind of go back and correct for it and evaluate it and test it mm-hmm. um, and cl- and calibrate it. Um, but it moves so quickly. I'm sure that I'm sure what they did is amazing, incredible analysis. I'm sure it's outstanding. But then, you know, we don't have another presidential election for three and a half years, right? And we have midterms, which are weird. We have like municipal kind of in some state elections this year, and those are hard, right? Congressional districts have always been hard. The world will look different in three years when we start doing the next election polling, right? Because then you have to put in. The new drawing of congressional districts. Because yep. yeah, didn't Ohio changing. lose like two? I think lost one. Maybe I'm wrong. Might, might have lost two. I, think I thought it was one. two. Yeah. Texas picked up the most, I think. Yeah, New York and California both lost, which is weird. But yeah, so it's all different. It's a whole different world, um, not just in polling, but in politics. Right. And as states redesign their districts and change and the parties will the republican party move away from trump will the party split up how does that affect people's willingness to take polls i don't know there's a lot of questions and then it also goes back to the weighing of this and it says by their geography and zip codes you're still seeing kind of population shifts and it's kind of picking up because as we've talked about hey we're just starting to come back to the office but we're not coming back full time it's kind of that hybrid model people in businesses are realizing people can most people can do their jobs from anywhere so if i can do my job from anywhere why do i need to live in cincinnati ohio other than i like to live here what if i want to go live by the beach in florida or yep out in the desert in arizona or move to hong kong yeah who knows we can live anywhere right right so yeah it's weird that we won't have a a census to measure well i guess the states will be measuring this but we'll know anecdotally at least pretty soon about how much of a shift there is i bet it's significant i do too and um, I, like, like new york city i mean imagine i would expect a lot of people moved out of new york city either to the suburbs which 
suburbs of New York City is multiple different states, right? Yep. It's Connecticut, New Jersey, New York State. Um, maybe they moved to Florida. Maybe they moved to Pennsylvania. Who knows where people are moving? It could be anywhere. When they did the exodus and did they come yeah. back? And are they coming back? It's, yeah. it's fascinating to me. that it affects. It really affects not just polling, but it affects all kinds of research that we do as we – it's very common to look at DMAs and lots of other zip code led um, sample targets. So yeah, yeah, fascinating. Particularly since you mentioned the census, yeah, we did it. It was done, but you almost need to increase its timing of it from yeah. like ten years to every five years. But I get why you don't because it's yeah based on congressional and it takes forever and it's costly. But yeah, those you're going to see population shifts inc- are in- going to increase every year so whatever it says by the time it's out it's already going to be outdated well then and also on top of all this is i'm not sure how long this will happen but the inflation that we're kind of going through especially in the housing market and everything related to the housing market i mean housing prices i've seen you know 20 percent or much higher than that and as how long does that last right yeah and then you know there's a million other factors it's not it's existing homes and new homes and new homes yeah. the plate the prices are up i think i saw something where if someone bought in december and if they bought now you're talking a 40 percent difference in price because of there's raw material costs that have gone up like yep. lumber's hard to get so it's double the price it was so now you're having to pay more yeah i mean i looked just for shits and giggles i looked at like what it would be for our house and the estimate I got would have increased the value of our house eighty thousand dollars, just from and we only bought it two years ago. Right. It's not like we've done major construction to it either. It's just right. and where we live, anything that is somewhat nice, yeah, in that hundred fifty to like three fifty range yeah. is gone the day it's put on the market. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yep. Well, well, we got one final story here. Okay. Disco friends of the podcast have launched a new ad effectiveness report called quote x-ray specs for path to purchase attribution with the arf cro joel rubinson yeah um really cool so disco as you mentioned is a friend of the podcast really smart um love those people they really were the one of the first to really position really strongly in terms of quality um, and so now they're getting more into insights, I guess, um, uncover what works in the digital advertising environment and a lot of just interesting stuff. So getting Joel Robinson to kind of co-author it with them is a coup. Um, one of the, the first report found that brands with a restricted view of their consumers' journeys could actually drive consumers, customers away from the very destinations where they are most likely to buy. Really interesting. So Disco's analysis raises a flag of caution on how brands' first-party activity should be used for campaign optimization. So getting into that area is really interesting, and so I'm glad to see them do that. Um, cool stuff. I just thought they got a little cheeky with the name. The X-Ray Specs. X-Ray Specs for Path to Purchase Attribution. Ugh. Yeah. At least there's no, like, spelled. <laughs> it's okay. We'll let this one pass. I, got a, I just thought it was a little cheeky. That yeah. was all. Well, we, you know, we already talked about Disco and, yeah. and changing their name initially. They, uh, disco probably led the charge of this name change thing. They were like the first one to kind yep. of go kind of, I don't know, hip and modern with their name. But yeah, good job for the Disco people. 
Yep. That is all our news stories for today. Well, awesome. Um, love to hear y'all's plans for getting back in the office. Um, are y'all still working remotely? Are you going to a hybrid mode? Mode? Are you back in the office full time? We've heard all kinds of different stories from people. So, you know, love that. Any, any guest, guest um, suggestions, any topics you'd like us to cover, you can always leave us a voicemail or text us at 513-401-5463. Anything else, Brian? I think we've covered it. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Have a good Memorial Day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.